right, here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing. Uh, We're doing something a little bit different. We're not talking about movies or TV. We're talking about Taylor Swift. And we've been talking about this uh, category, this podcast for a long time. We have three guests. Sweetie, who do we have? (laughs) We're also sharing microphones because there's so many of us in here. So... We have um, all three of our daughters. So JC, who, who is 19, so we need some um, clapping. There we go. Thanks. We have, I, I keep forgetting you're 19. I keep thinking you're 18. Um, and then we have Cameron, who is 17. Hello. And then we have Skylar, who is 14. Hi. And what I will say is that the reason that we're doing a pop culturing about Taylor Swift is because Taylor Swift has kind of been the soundtrack of our lives, at least for the last 20 years. Or no, how long, guys? 15 years? Well, yeah, we've only been alive for like, she's been (laughs) alive for 19 and she wasn't listening to Taylor Swift. So I'd say... Maybe in utero? Since I was six, I'd say. Okay. So so about whatever that is, math. A long time. Like uh, over 10 years for sure. Yeah. 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 I remember the first time we kind of watched her collectively. It was a Grammys performance. Mm -hmm. And it just, that was like the kickoff where we've never looked back. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say mm-hmm. that she's been a part of our lives? It was her third album. She was 19. Yeah. She was it time. was, yeah. yeah, she sang Mean at the Grammys in response to a bad review. That's right. Uh, that she had gotten at the previous year's Grammys. And she just like, she killed it. She got a standing ovation. We watched that performance like over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And then Sorry that began the adventure. And she used to have all these like DVDs of her life and like things on the road. We just got really mm-hmm. invested. Mm-hmm. So that's how it all began. All right, and uh, so everybody has picked their top 10 favorite Taylor Swift songs. Mm -hmm. You guys have all spent the last month or so developing this list, and I created mine in about the last hour. Mm -hmm. Hour? I was going to say, this has been a very hard decision process making. I've had Um, mine for a while, but it's been tough. It's hard. So we're going to play some tiny little clips to maybe not all the songs, but most of them. And then maybe just have a discussion about why they each song is important to Mm -hmm. the individual Mm -hmm. or maybe a special lyric from that song. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So there's really no rhyme or reason other than we're going to start with our 10th most favorite and Mm -hmm. work our way down to our first favorite. Mm -hmm. There's obviously going to be a lot of overlap because some of us like the same songs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start with Skylar Adams, right? Oh, great. Um, I'm going to start just with a play and a clip from the song. Oh. Okay, so I chose Hoax, which is no one's favorite song. Um, but it's up from Folklore, and Folklore is my favorite album. But um, I knew you guys wouldn't know I picked this one. But it's my favorite, or 10th favorite. Wow, I was not expecting yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, what? I know you like folklore, but that one is just, it's very, it's not really a standout for me on that album. Me what number on the album is it? It's okay. like the last, it's the last one. one. Her, 
Yeah, technically. Before the lakes, obviously. Yeah, technically the last song. Bonus tracks. Okay, so one more question because I know everybody has to go, but mm-hmm. what is she talking about on Hoax? Mm. There's a lot there. Okay. She even and- said in her Long Pond Studio session, it's her one song she doesn't even quite know mm-hmm. what it's about. Oh. That was the and one I song. I kind of love that. You can apply anything. It's just about a person going through a tough time because of a lost love. It's not, it's very, it's very complex. It's very haunting, but I wouldn't say it's, I know the story. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? I was going to say that's the one song she asked for advice on because she usually knows exactly what she's writing about and mm-hmm. she asked Aaron what she should do because she was a little confused about it. But he pushed her and saying, like, it's okay if you don't know the whole thing. Like, it's up for interpretation. So that was why it was a cool song. So there's about, there's a, approximately 50 songs that we're going to discuss today. So the mm. way that instead of me interrupting, saying, okay, let's go on to the next one, I'm just going to play the next one. Okay. And then whoever song that is, you tell them what number it is and why they chose the song. Does that okay. sound good? Mm-hmm. A simple complication miscommunications lead to Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was enjoying the song. Uh, the Story of Us is my number 10. It's from Speak Now. Uh, it's just a kind of a song with a lot of rock influence to me. I don't know, like the music video is her kind of like jamming out on the guitar. And um, it's just an easy one to like kind of, like I just dance really hard to this song. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's got a great climax, it's got great lyrics. It's just, it's like a fun one. It never fails. It makes me feel very happy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I like it. Joe Jonas? Uh, John Mayer. John Mayer, yeah, it would have been now. John Mayer. Oh, oh my gosh, That's see, I didn't know that. I assumed, which album was that? Speak, Speak, now. Speak Now. So I assume most of Speak Now is Joe Jonas. Yeah. Mm-mm. But John no, Mayer. No, Speak Now is more John Mayer, Fearless. Is Joe, Joe Jonas, Jonas is Fearless, yeah. Oh, thank you. Except Last Kiss, I guess. All right. Um, she dated John Mayer? Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> Dear John, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Dear John Mayer dated everybody. John. Who else did he date? Wow. Jennifer Aniston. Whoa. My age um, range. Let's see. Who was the other big... Oh, uh, Jessica Simpson. She. I read her biography, and she didn't speak too kindly Ooh. about John Mayer. Yeah, I've heard some... Questionable. He's but a little Jake Gyllenhaal, but worse. My struggle is those two. I love John Mayer's I music, do. and I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So we'll get into that later. Right, yeah, we What's will. next? We Keep going. Um, well, we have a problem because the next person is somebody's tenth and somebody's favorite. So I don't know somebody's tenth and somebody's first. That's okay. We well, don't talk we about just, it yet. We don't talk about it until the Should end. Should I play the song or wait on? No, it? play it. Go for it. because well, we're we're gonna reveal somebody's wanna, favorite. Then do you want to play it? I have a feeling I know what it is, and I'm oh sweet. If it's my number one, I don't mind. It's not. Okay. <laughs> I know what it is. How about uh, you? I'm going to hold off on yeah, it. Yeah, hold off. I'm not even going to say it. So we're going to go to <gasps> yeah, the... Yeah, maybe the ones with overlap. Just don't play the... I'm going to circle that one. There yeah. we go. It's been circled. All right. So um, what do you like about Taylor Swift's snugs? <laughs> <laughs> what? Transition. Transition. Taylor we're transitioning. Swift. What can I... How do I even begin? She's wonderful and kind and an amazing songwriter, a great storyteller amazing performer her stage presence is unmatched and she always seems to like just kind of know what you're feeling even though she doesn't know you and I don't see that with a lot of songwriters she's like just you know makes a whole album full of like what you need to cry about and then she's just like chill well and I'll jump in and say I think she's an unbelievable singer songwriter I think it's not really cool for middle-aged men to like Taylor Swift and I stand Mm -hmm proudly as a man who thinks that she's just an incredible singer-songwriter and I'm just grateful all due respect to Madonna and some other 
uh, female artists that were icons. Um, I don't think Taylor used her her body and her messaging in the same way certain other women have done, like Katy Perry and Madonna. And I, I think that the sexualization is something that has bothered me with certain mm. artists. And I don't think Taylor Swift does that. So go ahead. Sarah. It's still okay if you want yeah. to do that. Well, it, and yeah. that's what I was going to say is I think there's room for everybody. And that wasn't her vibe. And so it kind of gave an option to somebody like, you know, somebody, Madonna's kind of outdated for our girls, but Lady Gaga or Katy Perry, or who are some other like iconic people, girls? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not talking, I know you guys all have your own. I mean, like Brittany. Doja and like yeah. Megan. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Like, I mean, like, a body is used, but Taylor just never. I mean, she did. I mean, like 1989 tour and like she's a beautiful woman, but she also like that wasn't the that pinnacle wasn't the of her songs. Focus, yeah. Like that wasn't talked right. about. Like, she was able to grow up and yeah, talk about things absolutely. that were more sexual. Absolutely. It's just that wasn't her modus operandi. It was more yeah. of a story as opposed to like, you know. Right. Yeah. Dad, so we just like if there's an overlap with number one, should we just wait? Like yeah. just I agree with one. that. Yeah. Just number one, one. Don't reveal if there's an overlap. Is Got everyone it. fine with that? That's okay. a deal. Totally fine. So Okay, so this is my number 10, everybody. Love so much. Um, <laughs> such a good song. Uh, Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince comes, uh, it's on the Lover album. And the girls, every time they get an album, they like stay up until midnight to listen to it or majority of time they have. And when the first time they played Lover for me, that was the song that stood out for me the most. Mostly because, besides that the songwriting is amazing, the whole gist of it, it was actually, she and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but a lot of it was about the election. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And America. about the yeah. America. And she was relating it to high school. So this is what's so amazing about her. So she was talking about the election, but the lyrics are about being in high school and how you're treated. And so she does this whole thing throughout the song, which you kind of heard right there, where there's like, cheerleaders in the background do you know mm -hmm. what i mean like the okay and the go, the fight, go win. fight win yeah and it's like the whole like sorry i have to read this lyric because it's so good so she says so the so it's like it starts and it says and i don't want you to go i don't really want to fight because nobody's gonna win but when it says those words go fight win it sounds like a cheer so it's like and I know sometimes we don't pay attention to these details, but you guys, that's crazy. There's a lot of metaphors, yeah. double so metaphors. Many. She and then loves those. even in that same bridge, because that's called the bridge, right, you guys? Mm -hmm. At the very end of it, she changes the lyrics and she says, because nobody's going to win. No, no. And I'll never let you go because I know this is a fight that someday we're going to win. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. That song is like got layers upon layers upon mm. layers. And it's really haunting. Mm. I've told a lot of people mm. I love that's my favorite song on Lover. And they're like, oh, I can't listen to that. Mm -hmm. It like makes me sad. Mm -hmm. But I get that. But I also think it's worthy of number 10. Okay. Um, I want to. So I'm going to play a piece of a non-Taylor Swift song just to make your point for you. Skylar and I were in the car like two weeks ago and I started playing John Lennon's greatest hits and oh. <laughs> we started playing uh, this song. And he, 
he says it over and over and over again. It's like it, the simplicity. Not that not that beautiful songs can't be simple. They but, can be for sure. But I was just there's so many layers to a lot of Taylor Swift songs and believe me I'm not trying to compare Taylor Swift to John Lennon and Taylor Swift Taylor's good and John's bad because I love the song all we are saying is give peace a chance but like there's really not much mm-hmm. thought that went into him writing that song mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's other songs you can say that he poured over and over again it was just more of a I, Skylar you were like oh I was just like yeah I love John Lennon it's a good song but like Taylor Swift songs are like Double meanings and mm-hmm. like metaphors and like poetry. Callbacks, yeah. Yeah, like just, I just think it's, you know, yeah. a different Their thing. Stories. Okay, so here's my number 10. Mm-hmm. Back of a taxi. <laughs> I can tell that it's going to be a long road. I gotta play it. I wanna let it play for just a little bit. Um, the reason is because it is such a simple song, just a piano. I mean, maybe there's other instruments in there, but you guys didn't need to help me, but. Didn't she play this for Jimmy Fallon? And she was going to play a different song, mm-hmm. but he said, can you play this one instead? So she went out there. I know. Yeah, I know the story you're talking about. What his, is that? His mom died like that weekend before and he did the show. And he talked about how it was a, always a thing like with his mom when uh, he wanted like when they were walking somewhere hand in hand and the three like squeeze of the hand would mean like, I love you. And she says that in that song, like not for Jimmy, but just because like she says that she says squeeze my hand three times in the back of the taxi. And she played that for him on his show and it made him cry. It was, mm. it was really beautiful. And the funny thing about that, that song's actually very, it is a double metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like it's a complicated song. Help me out real quick. New Year's Day is mainly about, it's about Joe, but it's mm-hmm. also just about like, I want you on New Year's Eve and I want you on New Year's Day. So basically like New Year's mm-hmm. Eve is all the fun and it's like, this is the end, this is the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. And then New Year's Day is like, Cleaning up, bottles. cleaning it up. Yeah. Like you have to do the hard stuff too with like, with a partner. Not so, just the fun part. Not just the fun part. Yeah. So I'm glad you chose that because that one's that, that one's more complicated than a lot of people think. Too much to drink tonight, and I know it's sad, but this is what I think about, and I wake up. This is my uh, Before you go, I just want to know. How is am I playing too much? Not enough. Is it's a good? It's a good. good amount. It's good. Is it okay? I like, we might have to speed up our explanations. But like, other than that, I like the yeah. fade in and fade out. Okay. Yeah, sure. No, like, go ahead, Sky. Um, that's my ninth favorite song. It's called "Nothing New" off of um, Red, and it was new when it came out this year or last year. But I love it because it's it's about it can be about a relationship or about you know being famous. Like, how long are people gonna actually want me? And so. Wait, oh, yes. so that was off song. of Red? Yeah. That was a vault track. A vault wow. song. It reminds me of the Tic Tac where people would be like, uh, too much, <laughs> too much to drink tonight. <laughs> yeah, she starts a lot of trends on Tic Tac. She does. Yeah. And Phoebe Bridgers. We love Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, this is Dress. Uh, it's off of Rep. It was probably one of the most like grown-up songs she ever wrote. Because, you know, obviously it's a very sexual song. Uh, but it's also le- got like another layer of being like in a relationship where like she kind of talks about the beginning and the uh, the bridge, like the flashback when you met me, your buzz cut and my, uh, my, and hair, my bleached. hair bleached. And it's just about like the fact that, you know, Joe and her are just kind of like a different kind of relationship of like 
it uh, like I don't even know how I would explain this song very well. Well, like an adult relationship, yeah. first of all. But also the mm-hmm. thing about this song is weren't we when we went to the concert, weren't we right in front <gasps> of her? So she played this like right in front of us and it was my favorite song off the mm-hmm. album and now it's it's still my favorite. But I like I remember freaking out. I was like, what are the chances she would play it like like when right she's here. like ten feet in front of me? It's just yeah. a song that kind of goes back to the beginning of the relationship about how it's like it was a lot about tension, it was a lot about, you know, like the will they won't they thing, and now it's like more strong. And, you know, there's a lot of love between the two of them. So I just, I think that it's just one of the best songs. And it's like the production, sorry, <laughs> the production is really cool. Like when she says, say my, say my name and everything just stops. And then, and then the, the song, song stops. stops. And she did that in the concert. And I literally was like, every time I hear that, I'm like, I just faint. Because it's like <laughs> such a cool, tense moment. Like the, the tension in that song is just represented in the lyrics and the production. And that's just so unique. She doesn't have a song like that. So, sorry, I'll... I'll keep it shorter. <laughs> this slope is treacherous. This, path this is my number nine. The song is titled Treacherous. The reason I picked the song is because I actually, the funny thing about it is that I never really like genuinely listened to the lyrics. I just really, really, really loved the bridge of this song Um, because it's a double bridge so she doesn't really do it often but she sings the bridge twice Um, this song is obviously about relationships and how they can be very scary and that they're dangerous and that they can hurt a lot Um, but the main reason is mainly for the bridge because such a good good bridge I love love this song I'm actually surprised this is your number 9 JC because you loved this song when this album came out I know and that's another reason I replayed it a lot and a lot of people didn't give it the time of day and i was mm-hmm. like you guys numbers this is her track three on red on red yeah yeah mm-hmm. i remember just because i was not a big fan of the first three songs mm-hmm. on red so i'd always be like but you loved this mm-hmm. in the car so i love okay. it i think i've seen this film before and i didn't like the ending i'm not sure problem so this is my number nine. This is called Exile, and this is with Bonavere. Am I saying it correct? Bonavere. Bonavere. And this is on folklore. Um, this is my only folklore pick. Um, but I, the girls, my uh, all three girls, J.C. Cameron and Skyler, love folklore, um, and I really like it. But it, it's more. I didn't. It was kind of a um, COVID. Mm. Uh, album, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And oh, so absolutely. I, I didn't have as much time with it mm. as totally. you guys did. Um, so, but why I love it is because it's about the writing again. And I think that besides the fact that it's beautiful and it's about a relationship breaking up and breaking down, mm-hmm. um, it's the way that it's put together. And I think I saw something with you guys about Bonavir saying that he added that bridge late. Mm-hmm. It, did I He hear wrote that? it in the in the singing booth or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, they added it. Yeah. Or some, yeah. So the best part of the song, the reason why I chose it, is the lyrics where he says, you know, so step right out. You know, there's no amount of crying I can do for you all this time. So he eventually says, you didn't even hear me out. And then she says, mm. you didn't even hear me out. And then he says, you never gave a warning sign. And she says, I gave so many signs. And that is so like a such a relationship thing where someone's like, you didn't even tell me. And the other person's <laughs> like, I told you every day. Mm-hmm. And it's this disconnection in communication. And this song is like, um, it's just in, in every lyric, you know, it's it's profound. So, mm-hmm. Exile. Such a good song. Good one. Type when everyone believes you. What's that like? I'm so sick. 
All right, so this is my song. And uh, once again, I chose it because T-Swizzle continues to model what I spent a lot of my time believing in, which is the, um, the, the problem with the inherent inequality of what we ask women and how they show up mm-hmm. and men. And as much as I love Leo, uh, the <laughs> fact that she calls him out in this song, and I love Leo, I think he's probably one of my top three favorite actors, uh, but I also know he digs models that are 15 years younger than him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the fact that she's willing to speak her truth and, mm-hmm. and shine a spotlight on the BS that my three daughters and wife and sister and every other woman has to go through in this misogynistic world that we live in. And it's just one of those, it's not necessarily my favorite musical song, but the message behind it is kind of outstanding. So Mm -hmm. I want to know, before I cue up the next one, just because it's going to take me a minute, do you guys have any thoughts about this song? Oh my God, just so, so good. I remember when I heard I'd be just like Leo and San Tropez, I literally, I remember my head went back like that because I was like, oh my God, that is so good because she's been like told her entire career, like she's dating too many people, like who is she dating? Like, and she dates like a regular 20 year old, like age appropriate people. Leo is like, you know, a 40 year old guy dating 19 year olds and he's dated like 30 of them and no one cares that much. No one calls him out. Like mm-hmm. no, it's just the indiscrepancies are so obvious and it's hard to wrap it all up in a song. And she did it just perfectly. I, I also like lyrically, she calls out how, especially when she talks about Leo, um, how men's achievements are, disconnected from their relationships and that doesn't happen with women in the industry ever like you will always know who they're dating and what they're working on but men can do their movies men can do their tv it doesn't matter who they're dating they're mm-hmm. she says they're like leveling the playing field they're seeing what's out there mm-hmm. like it's it's she talks about it in so many interviews she it's twisted language depending on what actress or actor you're talking to well, and on that point, like you said, people will say, oh, she always writes about her breakups. And so does Ed Sheeran. And so does Bruno Mars. And so does John Mayer. And so does every man out there. But we focus on, would she talk about something else? But nobody else does. But nobody else mm-hmm. does. Everybody else is singing about their relationships, too. Where else do you get information? Mm-hmm. But from your experiences or your you know, disconnections mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Yeah. So that's a really powerful song. I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. So this is I Did Something Bad from Reputation. And I love this one partly because of, you know, when at the tour for Reputation, it was mm-hmm. just amazing being performed. But also, I think it's, you know, it's based off of, like, Game of Thrones, whatever's happening there. But it also connects to her in, like, the past two years of her life. And um, so I just think it's so cool. Oh, that song. I remember it in concert. That song mm. was just, like, it gave me chills. I remember she changed the lyrics, like, uh, they're burning all the witches. witches, even if you aren't one. They got their pitchforks and proof. They don't need their reasons. And mm. it's, like, different in the song. It's such, like, that song was pretty haunting to see. Well, and it's life. one of her climactic songs of her tour. Oh, so cool. So, yeah. What's the Game of Thrones it's, tar- I don't know. I didn't know. I'd never heard of that before. It was, it was from one of the female characters in Game of Thrones. Mm. Oh, that's pretty And cool. that song is about... Tom Hiddleston um, and about her I think it's either about her leaving Tom Hiddleston for Joe or leaving 
Frightful Adam, <laughs> Calvin Harris for um, Tom Hiddleston. She's like, I did something bad. You guys are all, I think it's about Joe because she's like, I left Tom Hiddleston after two months and, but I let, I went to Joe and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those mm-hmm. things where she's like, you guys are saying this is such a horrible thing, but why am I so in love with this human being? Mm-hmm. And isn't there in that song where it's like, yeah, yeah. And isn't that her voice? Yeah. And she had a dream about it or something. Yes, she yeah. dreamed about it in the middle of the night and put it in. I love that. Oh, such a good song. This is my number. Sorry, forget which one we're on. Uh, this is my number eight. It's probably just, I think, what I like to call the perfect pop anthem. Mm. It's just like, oh, God, the bridge in this song is just like, it makes my day every time I hear it. It's just so catchy. It's so fun to hear. You feel like you can dance to it every time. And it's just like, it's very clever. Like the whole king of my heart and like, say you fancy me, not fancy stuff. It's mm-hmm. just like adding in like the Joe is British thing. Mm-hmm. And I know this is probably on your list. I'm looking at JC because mm-hmm. she, I, oh my God, this song was so fun. It's on my list. And it's on yours. Do we yeah. need to say what number it is? No, we us? can wait. I think we should wait and explain yeah, later. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm skipping a few JC. Yeah, yeah. The number ones we're waiting till the end, but this song is just, oh my god, to see it in concert. I highly recommend anyone go watch the Reputation tour on Netflix. Do it. It's <laughs> like the performance of a lifetime, in my opinion. It's so good. It's so good. It's so fun. Here. So delicate is my number eight. Um, I This is mm. probably my um, favorite song on Reputation. I mean, maybe. Mm. I, I can, Statement. I, can, I know. I say that because I think it is the most beautifully written. It was probably one of her most popular off, don't, Absolutely. don't you think? It, it was, was one of her, she made a, a music video it and it was her track, yes, it was her track five. So. so my memory of this is, first of all, it's beautiful and I just knew all the words so I could sing along and, and enjoyed it. But then when she sang it at on tour, she mm. actually, we went in June and it was Pride Month and she mm. dedicated it to the LGBTQ community. So I know it's about her and I know it's about she and Joe. We keep talking about her relationships, but it really applies to just relationships overall mm-hmm. and um, just a... Um, paying attention to the importance of connection and how easily it can be disrupted. Absolutely. So it's a really, really beautifully written song. Agreed. Again. So it's gonna be forever Or it's gonna go down in flames You can tell me when it's over If the high was worth the pain Okay, so this is my number, I don't know, eight, I think? I don't even know. And I don't even know why I picked this song other than <laughs> I saw your guys' songs and this wasn't on anybody's top ten. So yeah. I felt like you can't have a Taylor Swift best songs list without. You're kind of not wrong. It's a very well written. So good. Like, like, I don't even know what song. it's about. I don't know. I don't listen to lyrics just so okay. everybody knows most of the time. Yeah. Well, what's going on with this? Song? Okay. So this song is about uh, the perspective of what people have characterized people Taylor Swift as, which is serial. She theater. is. Yeah. So she's ma- almost making fun of herself in this song. Mm-hmm. So she's basically saying like, I like she is portraying what the media wants her to portray Mm -hmm. and she wrote it into a song as one of her one of her songs that she wrote very very quickly Mm -hmm. I'm almost positive yeah no that's the one she had written so many like little lines that she had already done before she got in the studio I know she said that in her Vogue 73 Mm -hmm. questions interview but it's just basically 
from the perspective of like the psychotic like girl who like dates a bunch of guys and she like leaves them and like they come back and then she they, she goes crazy like it's just her basically just writing Making a song fun, in too. the perspective of that character. Yeah, yeah. They, I think we call that tongue in cheek, where she's like, "I, I can make fun of what mm-hmm. you guys think about me too." And she can also yeah. be like, "Like and right, like she, she's, right. she's almost owning all of it, and she's, she's understanding that this isn't you're portraying me in a way that's not that real, isn't not true. Real. Well, and one of the big things that came out of this song, not big things, but a funny thing was people didn't know the words to <laughs> one of the sentences <laughs> or one of the lyrics. Where it says, I've got a long list of ex-lovers, but of people Starbucks thought she Starbucks. said Starbucks lovers. So again, I remember at the concert, there were people in Starbucks cups. Mm-hmm. you guys remember yeah. that? Oh my I God, I forgot about that. that. <laughs> I was like, why are they doing that? You guys, of course, had to tell me. Mm-hmm. Well, just for the audi- audience's perspective, um, how many concerts have all you guys been to? Taylor Swift. Three. 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 Her oh, last three four, tours. Four, if you count the jingle. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We did see her. Awesome. We Red. went to Red, 1989, and Reputation, Reputation. which all were amazing. And we had tickets God. to Loverfest in Boston. <laughs> Don't talk about it. We were going to fly to Boston, but it got canceled. And then she hasn't toured since. And the the Jingle Bash was weird because it was like we she was the headliner, but it was Backstreet Boys and Taylor Swift. I know. so weird. And I was like, you guys, like, concert <laughs> created for us. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty fun. Um, this is Gold Rush from Evermore. I love this song. I didn't love it as much as everyone else did in the beginning, but I love it now. It has like a magical feeling to mm-hmm. it, and it totally goes back and forth from like, oh, I really want this person to being like, no, mm-hmm. I shouldn't like this person, and I just think it's like, it's you know, perfect. even the music video is just like silky gold. It just mm-hmm. has that feeling. And oh very God. autumn and winter vibes. So I love, I it. love that. Song. It's about like a cr- having a mm-hmm. crush on someone, and like, th- sorry, I just have to say one line that's so good from it. It's like a slow motion double vision in a rose blush, which is just a really unique way of saying she's drunk. Did you ever notice it? It's mm-hmm. such a good song. It's mm-hmm. so magical. I remember I was like so into Evermore when I first listened to the song. I was like, oh, this sets the tone. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, the I chose a line that it was just like I don't like. I don't like that falling. Feels like flying till the bone crush. Oh, like about the crush. Like such a good. Song. She's falling for this person, but it's like she's flying till she gets hurt. This song is Cornelia Street's mm. off the Lover album. Uh, she wrote this one alone, uh, and it's just so so unique to me. It, I don't feel like she has a song a lot like it. It's very personal. It's about being like I have so many memories with these person. I have so many life experiences with this person. So if this ever ends, if this like huge, if part I ever of my come life, back to this place, yeah, I I'm not going to be able to do. It. I'm not. I can't do it. Down. It's like Pretty such. Street. Also, the she did it live from Paris, which that version was just her and the guitar. Such so good. amazing vocals on that one. Um, I just every time I I hear it, it reminds me of a track five because it's emotional. Mm-hmm. It's also like it's got happy parts because you know like the relationship is so good if you're so afraid to lose it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's so good. I I know it's not the track five, but it's it, it could easily be. It's yeah. beautiful. And some if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what track five means. Yeah. But uh, for those people who don't know what that means, what does that mean? Track five is uh, every album. Her track five is like a very emotional, very personal song, which they're always pretty amazing. They're supposed to be her crown jewel. Yeah. They're her like most 
uh, transparent. They're her most, like, just personal. So track fives, if you're crowned a track five, it's a pretty awesome track. And they're usually not usually. They're always pretty amazing. So I read that Cornelia Street was about Carly Kloss. Uh, no, that? that's so, not. No, it's about I don't Joe. Mean they were in relationship okay. uh, because it was her best friend mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. they spent a lot of time together. Yeah. And that they, so There's I a really, lot of speculation about Carly Claus. Yeah. I mean, they're like some people do assume they she had, they had oh, some they sort had of romantic love mm-hmm. together. Um, but I think but the fact it's that it's Joe. on Lover is says that it's about Joe because okay. yeah. she did rent out a place on Cornelia Street yeah. with him. So and that was the time when they were growing and kind of not this was not yeah. when they ran, ran away. This was her lover area okay. era, obviously. But um, that was when they were mm-hmm. developing in a relationship. And she's like, if we ever break up, I'm not going to be able to do this. Got because it, it was it. so good. Mm-hmm. It was basically that's why. the ba- the jewels of their relationship mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Still around. What died didn't stay dead. What died didn't stay dead. You're alive. Yeah. So this is a very, 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 very amazingly sad song. Um, This is about her grandmother, Marjorie. And the reason I love it, because it reminds me of my grandma, Mm -hmm. Gigi. Um, And it's mainly talking about how this relationship you kind of have with your grandparents when you're young, where you're, you just kind of take it for granted a little bit. And you're like, they're always around. You don't really get as excited about going not excited but you're like we're just going to grandma's house and then you get older and they might pass away and you're like oh my god if we could only go to grandma's Mm -hmm. house you know if only i could have remembered remembered so it's basically her obviously in that little clip she's saying it doesn't matter if you're not here you're alive still in either my head or i know you're still around Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like throughout the whole song she's like i know you're not here you're not here you're not here and then the her last line is like you're alive in my head or something or you're or you're still here and then uh, sorry uh do you want to explain the part about the singing of her oh yes singing? and her yeah. grandmother is was an opera singer so she does kind of she does this a lot this like almost layered background little opera run and it's supposed to commemorate her her singing and i think it is her it is her singing her yeah, real it's, re- record she got from a record so this song is called marjorie yeah. marjorie and it's on it's on album? evermore it's on evermore mm-hmm. thanks yeah yeah it's beautiful and your mama don't know our song is the way you laugh. The first date, man, I didn't kiss her and I should have. What? Love. Okay. So this is my number eight. No, seven. So our song is one of my, it was off the Taylor Swift album. So it was off of her debut album. And there's a bunch of reasons I like it. Number one, because when you guys were little, you loved this song. So I could Mm. play this in the car all the time and it Mm -hmm. made everybody happy. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you guys have to remember there was a life before rep and red. And, you know, like you guys had a whole fearless thing. So true. So we used to listen to this. The other reason I love it is because of (laughs) the lyrics are amazing. Mm -hmm. She was probably 15 years old when she wrote this song Mm -hmm. and what i heard about it first of all i just know all the words so i just love to sing along with it um but she also she had a talent show at school in high school and she decided to write a song for the talent show and sang this song in front of her school and it obviously becomes this big hit um and so that's just it's a demonstration can you guys imagine being at her school and being like okay i'll go after you (laughs) in the talent show right um so it's just kind of a commemorate to her talent but also to you guys like Mm, it's when the girls were little we used to listen to this song so it's got a little more like um depth to it Mm -hmm. 
guys can see the visual when a new song plays because all four of the women in my life move <laughs> a little bit differently depending on the song that's being played. So this one is mine, and I don't have any idea what it's about once again. Oh, it's called Paper Rings, and I have no idea it's what It's Off I'm... Lover. It's Off Lover. Yeah. And uh, it's just like a fun, upbeat song. Yeah, <laughs> it's about basically like it doesn't matter. We don't have to. It's in this situation like getting married. Uh, but she's like, I don't need like shiny things. I don't need like it to be like this big spectacle. I don't need the most expensive things because of you. I'd marry you in paper rings. It's it's not too complex of a meaning, but it's pretty cool. And another fact about this song when it's like. Uh, you know, the whole like paper rings thing kind of references Death by a Thousand Cuts of like, mm. uh, what's the line? Uh, paper thin something. Paper thin, uh, uh, paper, paper thin cuts thin, for my paper, paper thin, thin plans. plans. Yeah, that's what it is. Paper so it's kind of references each other. So yes. Death by a Thousand Cuts is another song, everybody, just so you know, because she connects songs too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's really frustrating because she's really good at she's it. She's too good. <laughs> and then you're like, just chills everywhere. <laughs> This is the beginning of the song, I think. Oh, this is a good song, yeah. I tapped on your window on your darkest night. The shape of you was jagged and weak. There was nowhere for me to stay, but I stayed anyway. All right, so this is Renegade, and it's not off an album. It's actually a single from one of her and her fellow writers. And I loved this song, like, um... When it came out, after I listened to it like twice, and then it just like clicked for me, and I've loved it ever since, because it really reminded me of folklore at the time, and that's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Aaron, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it, but um, one of my favorite lines, it's like three sentences, but I love it. It says, you fire off missiles because you hate yourself, but do you know you're demolishing me? And then you squeeze my hand as I'm about to leave. Love the best. Um, this is a total Skylar song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She played, this was like her favorite about this song. last yeah. summer. She would play it. She'd be like, is it my turn? And then she would play mm -hmm. Renegade. It was her face. She's a very folklore person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is me, right? Oh, okay. Shoot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um this is Epiphany, um, and this is off of Folklore. And the, I've always loved Epiphany. This song is one another one of her, in my opinion, one of her saddest songs. And I like this song because it's split into two different meanings. And she commemorates her grandfather in this album. That's why I also like Marjorie, because she commemorates her grandmother and her their sister albums, Folklore and Evermore. So, same her, track. Um, same track. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, and... It's about her grandfather going off to war and he's in a really bloody battle. And I don't know, I don't know what war it, I don't know what war it was. World War II. Maybe. Um, and it was one of the bloodiest battles and he never talked about it. And then she, she Connected linked it, it. Yeah. to the pandemic and how nurses and doctors were seeing the same thing and things they probably would never want to talk about. And I think, I don't know if this is necessarily the bridge in it, but she talks about, she, says the line only 20 minutes to sleep and you dream of some epiphany mm -hmm. and it's basically kind of to the fact like highlighting the fact that these nurses and doctors have 20 minutes to get themselves together 
even after they've seen maybe all day patients die and then they have to go out and save more people. And I just really liked how she connected war to the pandemic because it was, they're very different things, but they're very similar things. Mm -hmm. So it's one of my favorite ones. We are the foxes and we run my number six and i'm just curious none of you guys picked this right no i did not okay so i felt like when this album you know when we were listening to this album all the time um it, this is from 1989 it's called i know places i believe it's about harry styles it is. Yeah. i was yeah. gonna say it's a, it's our harry debut of the of the talk of the podcast yes, yeah. it's, yes. it's a harry styles song but i remember listening you know listening to 1989 and this was my favorite song kind of it's like good. miss americana and the heartbreak it's prince and as the song or as the album continued to get popular this song i don't think like increased never mm-hmm. but it's so good it's, like yeah. not only the writing first of all at the very, and I and you guys taught me this, so mm-hmm. bear with me. Um, but at the very beginning of the song, and I don't know, Todd, if you can play it, but there is like a he's not he's saying no, uh. but there is a click sound, which is a a tape, a tape mm-hmm. which what that signifies or what that means is that they're being recorded mm-hmm. because their whole lives are recorded. At mm-hmm. the very end of the song, the tape clicks off. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these layers and just the whole idea that they're being hunted. And what I loved about it, because basically the whole song is about she and Harry go out in public and then all of a sudden they're being chased, right? But what I love about it is she has been through this so much Mm -hmm. that she knows where to go. Yeah, that's true. She's like, I know places we won't be found. And then it just has a good, um, she does it like, like the girls were saying about their songs, like she does a good job with like, you know, it has a certain tone or beat, like it sounds like they're what she's writing about is how it sounds. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like the beginning, they're being chased. Production yeah. matches the the, yeah, the, the word. Yes, yeah. And it's just a great song. So I know places. It was so nice throwing big parties, jumping to the pool from the balcony. Okay, this is my song, and once again. Cameron had to uh, tell me what it was about because I like. Will you say the title? Uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Mm. And um, good one. Yeah. I think we we're going to get ice cream, and you explained to me what was going on in this song. Yeah. Why don't you explain to somebody who doesn't know this song what's going on? So this song was off of Rep. It was a. Uh, it was the closer on the Rep tour as well. It's basically mm. just about like it's kind of about Kanye, but it's also about the paparazzi. And, you know, how they kind of act like children and they, like, you know, uh, like, are very immature. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of explaining it that way of, like, this is why we can't have nice things. Like, I have to take them away like you would tell a child. Like, just saying that, like, you know, here, I'd have to, like, listen to the song again because I I think I did a better job in the car when we explained this. But it's basically just about, like, a friendship that ended because, like, you keep stabbing me in the back. You, like, have screwed me over and I'm not going to... I'm not going to do go keep through offering this again. Myself. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going to keep giving you chances. So yeah. I love a song. This is uh Starlight uh off of Red and it's just uh, like nostalgia for me in a song. It reminds me of we were hanging with one of our family friends when Red was kind of like really big and we were all just on the back deck like just dancing to this song and it makes me so happy. 
it's just like it, Red is a really heavy album if you didn't know it uh, it's basically a breakup song in an album but this song is more like telling a story uh, about the Kennedys or something I know uh, ta- uh, Taylor wrote it about uh, Bobby or something she says that in the beginning of the song uh, but I don't know the full history behind it but it's just like it's just happy like it's telling a happy memory from a happy relationship where they were young and having the time of our lives it's just and they talk about a happy future totally totally the whole like time. we could get married have 10 kids teach them how to dream like it's which just, they actually did yeah it's goodness yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so and she uh, wrote a song about that story which I love when she writes songs about uh, other people's stories as well mm-hmm. it's so cool Don't blame me. Don't blame me, you guys. Don't blame me is that is a good one. That is the song. I'm telling you this. This don't blame me is like, in my opinion, the peak of her reputation stadium tour because she has a specific note in the song that she kind of screams out, which she doesn't do that often. Um, and it's basically, I mean, it's about. I mean, once again, reputation is about love and it's about Joe, but. Um, I personally like this song for the production and for the sound and she does a lot of fireworks during this song mm-hmm. and I could replay it for you don't get sick of it. Mm-hmm. I just I think I just read that because Don't Blame Me is being used on TikTok so much that right now it's the most mm. yeah like, more than it all is. too well. Yeah. It's part of the TikTok trend makes it and that made it go crazy and now everyone's in love with the song, yeah. which I think is awesome. Because so it's a good. it's pretty amazing. And it makes you like uh, empower like yes <laughs> yeah can't do it mm. okay this is clean and it's my only 1989 song and i've always loved this one like even when um 1989 first came out because it can take a lot of different meanings meanings like most of her songs like a relationship or like you know alcoholism like just a lot of things and i just think I also like the sound of this one, like Gold Rush, just because it's like, because of the beat and it sounds like raindrops to me. Mm-hmm. And it's always been, and it's the end of 1989, besides the deluxe version. And it's my favorite. I thought it was Love the end. It's a yeah. great yeah. album closer. It's like, mm-hmm. it feels like you're floating, like, or you're like in water. It's such a cool, cool song. And it's just like... Yeah, you're right. It's one of those songs where you can take on so many different mm-hmm. things as its meaning. It's just about getting rid of something that wasn't suiting you anymore. It's about cleansing yourself of even what if you bad miss it are. too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we only have um, maybe we're well past halfway point mm-hmm. already. Yeah, I'm guessing. And I just wonder if you guys want to share. Let's pretend there's some Zen parenting people out there that really don't know where to start when it comes to Taylor Swift. Ooh. I'm just wondering. If you guys have any advice for somebody who's like, I I know who she is, yet at the same time, um, I don't know where to start. I would ask, what mood are you in? Yeah, honestly, with her, she has, she's written albums in three different genres. She has country, mm-hmm. she has pop, and she has alternative. So first of all, if you want to do alternative, Folklore Evermore. If you want to do pop, do 1989, Rep, and Lover. And if you want to do more of a country vibe, even though Red's also really pop, uh, you could do her debut, Fearless, Speak Now, or Red. And also, I encourage anyone who is a, wants to be a Taylor Swift fan or possibly just is interested in her, go into the the deep tracks or the deluxe tracks. Like, mm-hmm. really immerse yourself into 
uh, past the hits, even though the hits are amazing. She has so many amazing hidden songs, which is what I kind of try to compile my list of well as, even though some of the hits are my favorites. I think people will be very pleased to find that there's something for everyone in Taylor Swift music. I always <clears throat> appreciate when you guys talk about how her albums are like seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, like Folklore is Fall and 1989 is Summer. Folklore is, that right? is Spring and Summer. Oh, it is? Yeah. I didn't know Evermore that is Fall and Winter. Uh, 1990s summer, fall. red's fall, red is fall for sure. Yeah, rep can be kind of anything. Rep is like winter. It could be winter. Yeah, I'd give it a winter. But it's also summer. She's like, I'm Speak here. Speak now is very winter. True. Though. Speak now. Okay. Yeah. So it just they have like purposefully have a vibe. The layers of like not just the songwriting and the meaning and the albums, but like all the connections and the reasons why she puts things out. There's like it's like. Have you guys even, with all of your history with Taylor Swift, have you, like, scratched the surface? Like, is there so much more as far as, like... There's always more. There's right. always, you can always be like, oh, that's a metaphor I missed, or oh, that's a part of a song that the production is just, like, super smart. So good. Yeah, I notice more things every time I listen to her, and that's mm -hmm. a lot, so it's Yeah, and cool. just, like, as you, like, grow up, you can relate to things more. Mm -hmm. Things change. Mm -hmm. Their meanings change. So what if I asked you guys, before we go to the next song, your favorite album? Could you answer Ooh, it? Yes. Easy. Oh. Skyler? Folklore. Reputation. Cameron, a reputation. Mm -hmm. Jace? A reputation. Got it. I, I think I would say red. Yeah. Todd? God bless it. Uh, gotta go rep. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's no, it really isn't. It's so... It's my second favorite. It's, it's just like amazing. Rep is my second favorite. Mm -hmm. She toured just stadiums. Yeah. Like, no one does that. No. You know what I mean? She's kind of a god. Well, and I kind of liked. Bigger sense, yeah. I liked gritty Taylor Swift. Like right. I liked it when she Not gritty, cared less. Badass, gritty, man. but that is badass. Like mm -hmm. what happened to in my version of watching her, mm -hmm. watching her grow up, is that there was a anymore. period. That's it. She mm -hmm. cared so much in her other albums, and with Reputation, she's like, dudes, this is for I, my fans. Yes, this, this is, is for my this fans. This is what and I love. Fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what little I know about these albums is that Rep was her standing in her power, mm -hmm. and I think was the next one lover lover was yeah. her at just her best her, her like peak happiness yeah her i peak feel like happiness. lover was like you couldn't have lover unless rep came before 100 mm percent. -hmm. and lover was like let's be happy it was more upbeat mm -hmm. you know that one video where it's all pastels whatever uh, you is. need to calm me? down or me probably uh, either i think it's me. it's me i don't know one of those two yeah anyways um and it's cool how every album does have a different like personality completely I right know. well and she also like had to like let she had so i think she she talks about it so much like re reputation was building from all her other from all her other hate because mm -hmm. she was like she she talks about it she changed every era for the media mm -hmm. and then she like had this like i'm gonna go away because now you guys are i did everything right you i did everything you told me to especially like 1989 because they're like you're writing too many breakup songs so she's like okay i'll just be with my friends all the time and then she's like they're like you can't do that either and then she's like okay i'm leaving like i'm not doing this anymore and that was i didn't even talk about speak now or fearless and then she left came back with this mm -hmm. and she's like this is what i do when no one's looking at me and then after that she's like i don't really care and then after that she started owning her own music that's what I was so, going to say is Rep was the last one that was under her production company, yeah, yeah that where yes, she had yes, that contract. Yes. And then Lover was the first album that she had control of. And mm -hmm. that's a whole nother story, but maybe we should do that after a few more songs. Agreed. Yeah. This, is, this is me trying off of Folklore. It's honestly, this is my number four, I believe. Yeah, this is my number four. It's 
probably the most personal song because I haven't been through a lot of breakups. So even though breakup songs are great, um, they like I don't always connect with them. But this song uh, is just uh, to its core about feeling like you're doing everything you possibly can, giving every part of yourself, and it's just not enough. And I have never, ever in my life heard a song that connected with me as much as this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite line in it is, they told me all of my cages were mental, so I got wasted, like, all my potential. Because mm-hmm. she kind of compares it to, you know, being in school and uh, feeling you, like you were getting ahead of everyone and now you're just, like, being left behind. And I think that's such a unique idea. Like, it's such a unique song to me. She doesn't have one quite like it. And she references it in Mirrorball, the line, mm-hmm. I've never been a natural. All I do is try, 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 which I love when she does that. Mirrorball is another song off of Folklore. Because it's just, like, it's such an empty feeling, which the production just totally encapsulates. The empty feeling of not feeling like you're able to do anything else or, like, prove anything uh more like you just are very stuck yeah and she's kind of and in long pond her her this is when she played folklore mm-hmm. as like a documentary almost she talks about this is me trying and connects it to her fans in terms of like people are trying every day and no one's saying good job mm-hmm. and that is like it's true mm-hmm. like people see your big accomplishments but you're you're still doing the same thing every day yeah. like how you, are you supposed to keep going without the same amount of being supported back yeah well and that i think in that studio the long pond thing she also talked about this is she t- thought about mental illness and mental, mental illness. Wellness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Al- like that, alcoholism, yeah. drug abuse. The people who are struggling with things that are more hidden, getting up and taking a shower and going out in the world is a Big huge deal. accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember she shared this song on her Instagram or in a post for Simone Biles yeah. when Simone Biles dropped out of the Olympics for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a gift. Like, I want, mm-hmm. I'm going to play this for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. I loved you, I swear I loved you till my dying day. Yeah. What is this? (laughs) This is my tears ricochet. So I have a new found love for this song. Um, I didn't understand it to the point it needed it needs to be understood. This is a really, really, really great example of a double metaphor. Um so basically, just in the title, My Tears Ricochet is basically ricocheting means bouncing off of somebody else. So she's sharing these tears with her record label that she was signed to from the time she was 15 to 29, 30. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically about Scott Borchetta and how she is saying, You and I created each other's success. And you're only here because of me and I'm only here because of you. And basically, long story short, Scott sold her music to Scooter Braun, which, like long story short, bad move. He doesn't support Taylor and now owns all of her masters. Um, And the reason that was such a big deal is because they had countless conversations about who he would sell this music to. And um, he ended up selling it to the person that she absolutely hated. And the reason was because she's like, I want to own my new, my own music after Lover. When Lover came out and he said no, or he was like, I like, I don't want that to happen. And she's like, I, you can own my masters. I'm going to walk away. And she says later in the song, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace, partially because she did go with grace until Scott 
decided to mm-hmm. sell it to Scooter. So she was going to leave and say, you can own what what we did. Technically, she did it by herself, but mm-hmm. technically they did it together. And then just to stab her in the back, he decided to sell it to the mm-hmm. person she hated the most. So um, I could name, I could say every lyric in this song and it's it's very telling and jack antonoff also said this is one of her the best songs she's ever written i agree i think this is mm-hmm. top three best songs she's ever written some might say number one on a good day i might say number one um but it's also very moving it's, it's one of her track fives in folklore and it is her track five yeah. in folklore and um she it's very painful her to for her to sing as well because it's such a it's always going to be a wound for her because she'll never own her <laughs> masters again hmm. so that's why she's recreating them um the next one i'm kind of shocked this is skylar's fourth and it's not in anybody's top 10 so kind of surprising but mm. here we go Okay, this is all too well. I don't know if I specified ten minute version, but all too well ten minute version is my fourth favorite. And I guess it's kind of surprising that none of us put it in, but we kind of know it's like mm-hmm. one of her best songs, if not her best song. But it still deserved number four because I do actually love it that much, not just because it's just her best writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of relationship heavy, but I still think. The lyrics are really beautiful and brings you into a story, like a true story, but um, my favorite and probably her best writing mm-hmm. I'd read s- in, in general. Totally. The, I, totally I totally understand why you're surprised this is in my top ten. To be honest, this, w- this is like my number one of my number one songs of all time. I honestly just wanted a bit more variety because it almost felt like too obvious. Like obviously this is one of the best songs she's ever written. Like it's the storytelling in the song is unmatched. I could write like a, like a novel about how good this book, uh, this song is. And I just, I think that this song, it's just kind of hard to beat. Like I wanted more of like, yeah, we already know the song's amazing. So here are some other ones that maybe aren't as well known. Uh, but I think this song is well, just kind of... And we're just coming off of a yeah. year of where this song became... So totally. it was big and well-respected when the album came out so mm-hmm. many years ago. It's off red. It wasn't It wasn't as big, though. But I remember she played it at an award <laughs> show on the piano. Grammys, and yeah. every, And everybody was like, wow, this is amazing songwriting. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, she, Sorry. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And then when she re-released Red, and again, this connects to JC's story, she decided to re-release all of her albums because Scott uh, sold her her masters to Scooter. So she's like, well, I'm just going to re-release my music so I can own it. And the reason because she wanted to re-record is because he can technically say you can't sing this at this certain time. Correct. Mm-hmm. She needed she, she needed, needed to get control of her yeah. music, yeah. which which it's her music it's she wrote it I mean, come on like i i know there's more to it and there's contracts and there's negotiations but come on so basically then she did she released the full version of this song like skyler said which was 10 minutes she released a video with sadie sink and dylan o'brien it was o'brien. a short film it was a short film short let's not film. call it a music video yeah Sorry. it's lovely you're right and she directed it yeah, mm-hmm. I think this song for non-Taylor Swift people, th- it was always kind of an inside joke because I knew for a really long time that there was a 10-minute version. She said in the Vogue interview, I'm sure she said in a bunch of uh, interviews while promoting Red, 
but uh, it would always be kind of an inside joke, like if she would hop on to an Instagram live, like where's the 10 minute version? Because this song was kind of like a Swifty anthem. Um, and she finally like had a time and place to release it. Like that's why there's always good things. Th always good things come out of bad because there would never have been a like a time for her to release this 10 minute version because she was like three albums past Red by the time mm -hmm. everything else came out. But the fact that she gets to like own it and put it out it's just great for the fandom and it's just it's, it's so cool and we had to learn mama don't know our song is way oh, late the first date man i didn't kiss her and i should have and when i got home for we already did this baby you want to know why because you wrote down Ours. Wait a, a second. Yeah. Right. I knew you were gonna choose that. There's a song called Our Song and Ours. And did we do this one? We did our song. We didn't do ours. So what song did I just play? Our, our song. song. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's you, like the same is thing. Is it this one? No, it's you. not. Yes. Yeah. And the verdict comes from those with nothing else to do. The jury's out. But my choice is you. Uh, so this is my number four. Um, this is off of Speak Now, which is an older album. Um, it's called Ours. And I um, loved this song the first time I heard it because the songwriting, again, was so good because of that lyric, which you almost um, played, Todd, but then you stopped it. Um, it says, uh, don't you worry your pretty little mind. People throw rocks at things that shine. Isn't that great? And I think we actually did a Zen Parenting radio podcast where I just focused on those lyrics because that's kind of what happens. And then the next um, the next lyric is, and life makes love look hard. The stakes are high. The water's rough. But this love is ours. Now, what's interesting is this is she was she was really young when she wrote this song. And I think it was like she was dating someone that her dad didn't like. Isn't that the story? Yeah, something like and that. And like he had you know, tattoos and he was like, and she was basically just like, uh, I don't care if my family doesn't like you, I'm yeah. going to be with you. But it's, it's, it's more like all Taylor Swift songs. It's not just about that. It's about we, um, sometimes when you have things that are meaningful to you, when other people don't have it, they take it out on you. And also I'd like to point out all of Speak Now is written by her, by herself, because that's what she wanted for this album for reasons I won't get into. But the fact that it's that whole album is really personal and that song was deluxe. And I feel like it's just more of like a like a very circle story, yeah. which I know is not a thing, but like just it's full rounded. Like you understand it. It's beautifully written. It's just it's yeah, a good one. It's beautiful. And she has a video that goes with it. But again, yeah. this song is called Ours. So different than our song. And it's off Speak Now. I haven't met the new me yet. Okay, so this is Happiness from Evermore. And this one we were kind of speculating what it was about when it first came out. But it's kind of simply like, you know, we are no longer together. But there is happiness because we were together and there will be happiness when we're not. Like, it's mm -hmm. very, I feel like it's kind of simple, like a really sweet kind of, um, and it's, it's kind of just simple because it's like, you know, there is happiness here and there'll be happiness after you. And I just think the lyrics are so beautiful in the song. Some of, one of my favorites is, when did all our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt, which mm -hmm. is kind of like toward the person. And also, 
one of the lyrics is, I can't make this go away by making you a villain. Mm -hmm. And I just think, like, it's a really powerful song that can just be, like, you know, oh. happiness. Yeah, this song is one of her longest ones, which I think it could have easily been a track five if she had made that choice. But obviously, like, that's her call. But this uh, song is just, it reminds me of a very grown-up, long relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, you can tell these people thought they would probably be together, like, forever. And just sometimes life just doesn't work out. It feels very, like, natural, like a natural breakup of, like, the thoughts of, like, I can't, I, why can't, I can't just blame you for this and that make it easier. Like, it's just, it's difficult either way. And I love that, that you said it's grown up because that's mm -hmm. the thing is the, when we're young, we have this binary thinking of, you know, you'll break up with someone. Everyone will be like, you, you're better than them anyway, or you didn't need them, or you can get better. But as we grow up, we realize every relationship has its value and just because you're not together anymore it doesn't mean you or the other person that there was something wrong with you mm -hmm. it just means not now I knew you were gonna pick it I knew this is uh, Wonderland off of 1989 Deluxe uh, uh, such a cool song. It's like got probably one of the best climaxes I've ever heard in a song. Uh, it's one of those uh, climaxes that um, like the music stops. Like mm -hmm. she says, and in the end in Wonderland, we both went mad. And then there's just like this moment where everything stops and then she is this big high note. It's so cool. It's like, it feels like it should be in a movie to me. It's like, I want there to be like a running scene of like them escaping while this song is playing. It sets a scene. It's just like, obviously there's some Alice in Wonderland uh, references, you know, like you fell down the rabbit hole, all those things. Uh, this could be a great song for a short film, in my opinion. And it's just basically getting lost of, in the euphoria of a relationship, getting lost in, in the good part and being like, it's us against the world, but also being like, that builds up barriers and builds walls and it doesn't leave room for us to have like a comfortable relationship. It's like cool and it's passionate, but like, but it's always yeah. insane. It's mm -hmm. always, you're never like, Oh, thank God. Like there's never, never peace. Breathe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we all have about two left. Okay. Um, I just want to pause here and I just have like a gen general Taylor Swift question and maybe you can answer this question just regarding music, but I'm going to ask it through the lens of, Taylor Swift's music. Mm -hmm. How do you guys use her music? And what I mean by that is, depending on the mood you're in, like how does she help you? How does this music help you? What do you listen to when you're feeling sad versus what are you listening to when you want to get happy and energetic? Anybody can say anything. Um, that's how you go. Um, so for me, a lot of it is based on seasons. I just love listening to Evermore for fall, like vibes and I listen to Lover in the Morning, like Sunny. Like, she definitely does have that kind of effect where albums are seasons or feelings or things like that. And I also, and I think, you know, that can be what it is. But I also think within each album, there are, like, the sad songs and the happy songs. Like, it's not all just one thing. And so, you know, you just have to look for them. Yeah, I think I use her music. Anytime I can put uh, words to feelings that I can't quite... Um, comprehend myself or I don't understand what I'm feeling right now if you find a Taylor Swift song that fits it it makes it a lot better because you feel like you can kind of uh relate to someone else almost or you can use it to you know process what you're going through or it can be exactly what Sky used is like just 
when you wake up in the morning, you want something really happy, put on Lover. Or if you really need something that you're just like, oh, this is really sad. Or if it, there's a certain song, like This Is Me Trying, that recognizes feelings you have all the time. It's just a great way to not not feel alone. Like, I think that's what music should always do, make you feel like uh, whatever you're feeling is okay. It's familiar. A lot of people feel it. So, mm. No, I like that. I, I agree with both of you. I think for me, I she I like I learn a lot from her songs honestly Mm -hmm. like she teaches I think a little bit more than Mm -hmm. um most like like you you gotta really think when you're listening to her like but you could also mindlessly think like it's Mm -hmm. you can also listen to the production and the sound and that's what I did for a really long time like I was like I just like how this sounds and then once you start listening to what she's saying it's like oh like either I've been through that or I'm probably will go through that or my friend's going through that so I think it just uh, she makes you feel a little less alone and she also makes you feel like a lot, you will have similar experiences to everyone else, really. And I think mine is parenting for me. It sets the, you know, JC and I were talking this morning about how when you get into your 20s, you don't have as many like milestones. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you turn 21 and then you're like, okay, how am I going to remember every year going forward? Because you're mm-hmm. no longer a sophomore, junior, senior. Mm-hmm. And and Taylor Swift's music have been milestones in our parenting, Tad, because it's like, I remember them watching the Fearless CD or DVD in our car. Remember how, you know, we had the DVD player, they would watch Fearless all the time. And then I remember when Speak Now came out and then I remember when we went to our first concert and Skyler was so little she fell asleep in my lap. Like I took her when she was <laughs> like seven. I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. That was red. That was red. Red. Yeah. It was 1989. I fell asleep oh, during Out of the Woods. Oh dear. Yes. Oh. But it was like we have, I oh. remember my girls at that age at those shows listening to that music so it like kind of set up our parenting. It's like a benchmark. Yeah. You pull my chair out and help me in. And you don't know how nice that is. This is my number three. This is Begin Again. This is the last song on Red. So like the girls already said, Red is kind of a, a melancholy breakup album. Would you guys say that? Mm-hmm. And Begin Again, the last song, is about thus the title her possibly stepping into a new relationship and as we were talking about before with the Kennedys it was Connor Kennedy right Mm -hmm. and so she was kind of enthralled with their family and stuff and I think she actually spent bought a house next to them or something Mm -hmm. am I making this up I don't think so she has the Rhode Island house but I don't think that was by the Kennedys yeah well again who knows what the story Mm -hmm. is but she had just and and she was coming off of um, let's pretend I know her right now Mm -hmm. she was coming off of this relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal where she was often made to feel less than young not as knowledgeable you know like if I don't think any of us picked we are never getting back together but she talks about how he like you know his music's cooler than hers all that kind of stuff and so she kind of always felt less than and then she walks into this new relationship and it's a person who's interested in what she's interested in the same music she's interested in she feels like she can wear high heels again it's like the it's coming out of a relationship where you didn't feel seen into a relationship where you feel seen and it's really beautifully written it's a great closer. Mm-hmm. It's like almost as good as yeah. well, 1989. Yeah. And well, the closer is just amazing coming off of Red being like, oh, this all sucks. And then it's like uh, the past eight months, I thought all love ever does was break and burn and it begins again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's a new start. It doesn't just end there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this is my second favorite song. I think you guys probably were going to guess that it's my first favorite. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, Whenever the time is right, and but, the time is always right. But he still doesn't know the words after all these years. <laughs> That's he so says true. it wrong. I know almost all of them. Almost is not like <laughs> enough for one that you constantly. You don't sing. know any of the verses. That's I the know problem. almost some of them. <laughs> um, the reason I like this song is we we recorded the um, the Grammys, mm-hmm. and um, she just blew everybody away. I, I judged that the performance is really good and everybody like got up standing ovation. And I don't think that happens very normally with these Not really. Hollywood big wigs standing up. And, mm-hmm. and she like had this very humbling response, like, oh my God, I can't believe they're reacting so in such a grand fashion. Mm-hmm. And she got crucified for her reaction like the woman can't win yeah ever basically ever what she does and it was just it's just a really fun good song so that's my does anybody have any experience yeah, with people, this song i love this song i mean means like you gotta yeah. talk about me and i mean people always make fun of how surprised she is and how happy she is when she even made fun of it and look what you made me do video about like her like big reactions to things and it's like she said in an interview, she's like, why wouldn't I be excited? Some of my peers are recognizing that they think my work is extremely, like, extremely Standing good. ovation yeah, worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would be, extremely who, good is a bad what term, if she was like, I know. I know. I know. But, yeah, gotcha. How many uh, male artists do that, though? Yeah. Or like, you know, think about male artists who are like, I'm the best. I'm, yeah, I'm bye bye. Or, you know, they come up on stage and steal awards from other people or, <laughs> they, you know, say, yes, we. And so for her to be like somewhat gracious about it. And again, she was so young. Yeah. That's why I always struggled <sighs> with it. I'm like, this girl. Horrible. And you guys are like crucifying her. But Jace, tell the mean story so people I mean, know. I mean, you guys can also. Yeah. Scott, you want to go? Mean, I think, was just about she got a bad review for her singing and everything. And even, I think, spiraled her to do um, Speak Now all by herself. Mm-hmm. It was, she, the, he was like, you can't sing. Yeah, yeah, like it was a lot of it was mean, a lot of backlash. True, but yeah. she ended up writing mean, and it was one of the best and songs great in music now. video. Yeah, yeah. She won a Grammy for the pop soul performance on that one, or country music performance on the specific song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was her bite back. Yeah, she said, "Uh uh-uh. uh." So, Cameron, this is your second favorite. <gasps> Let's Give it. See what it is. Such a good song. This is Cruel Summer. I know, like, I it's hard for me to only listen to parts of it, but uh, Cruel Summer is off Lover. I remember, I didn't appreciate it the first time I heard it, uh, shockingly, but then I just, you gotta listen to the lyrics. It's a very bizarre song in the way where some of the, it's like one of the lines is like, uh, hang your head lower in the glow of the vending machine, I'm not dying. You say that we'll just screw it up in these trying times, we're not trying. And it's just like, there's, it's a very, I imagine it to be a very colorful song. Like, it's just, it's interesting mm-hmm. because it has, like, a variety of, like, different moods to it, I feel like. Yeah. But really, at the end of the day, I think the reason it's so weird is because there were so many twists and turns that mm-hmm. summer of, like, yeah. kind of, you know, whether it was falling in love and then falling out of love with someone else and then, like, kind of going back and forth with the will-they-won't-they they thing once again, like, in dress. And, like, kind of just going on this crazy drive a until they song. get, yeah, until they get to the climax of, like, I love you, ain't that the worst thing you ever heard 
of like finally admitting like okay this is like a real relationship like we're going through so much and we're kind of going up and downhill but at the end of the day we come out with like this really strong relationship Mm -hmm. and it's also got like a sad vibe to it though because reasons called cruel summers because she broke someone else's heart Mm. while doing this while falling in love which sucks and sometimes that's just that's life that's what what happens. happens But it's just, it's got one of the best bridges she's ever written. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, Let's not. Let's not. So she says it twice. If it's a double bridge, let's all yeah. appreciate it. Her yeah. double... <laughs> a little loud. Her double bridges, like, if she says a bridge twice, there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Because she doesn't do it that often. No. Um, and she always has more to say. So, so can you guys sing the bridge real quick, just so I can remember? I'm drunk in the, the back, back of the car, car and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar. Oh, said I. So yeah, we don't have to do. On the whole that thing. note, one of the things, and even the lyric you just uh, mm-hmm. read, Cam, that is so good. Part of Taylor Swift that's fun is when you learn the words, they're fun to sing. Oh my god, because they're not typical. The way that, and I'll get to that with my number one, but the mm. way that the song goes, you don't know it's going that way. Yeah. So once you learn the words, it's so fun to sing. Well, yeah, she screams that lyric and like, the, uh, it is, it haunts me every night that I have <laughs> never heard her say it in concert because I know that would have been the opener. You know, it would have yeah. been, it would have been it's her track so too. fun. Yeah. Singing, he looks up grinning like the devil, not pretty like the devil, just our shout out to JC. <laughs> we have a lot of arguments over that lyric, but Oh, God, that song is so, it's so good. It's so fun. I'm going to see it in concert someday. Okay, J.C. Bird's second. Um, it was asked for the live version. Hopefully, oh, I, know. Hopefully I, don't know I picked the right one. That's actually kind of a like a like a lull in the song, because um, <laughs> the it, but it's okay because the whole thing is amazing. Um, that the reason I love that song is will you say what it is and what that Ella? is Sparks Fly. Sorry, that's Sparks Fly um, off of Speak Now. It's her track two, and she opened the when she toured this album. That was her opening song, um, and that song has always been my favorite. Like if you ask me. A lot of years in a row, I would say this song was my favorite. And the main reason is because of how it sounds. Um, the Like the beginning, the mm-hmm. beginning, like 15 seconds is my favorite part. And then it's a, it's a repetitive song. It's like, it's, it's a very simple song. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, there's, I mean, there's, there obviously is essence to it, but I, I mainly picked it for my inner child no it's just oh yeah the inner child and also the beginning of that song she opens she opened with that on the speak now tour and like the music building up and then her saying drop everything now drop and then the beat drops now. that's what i was gonna say isn't it a banjo at the beginning dear near 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 or maybe it's, it's a banjo a i think it's just a guitar but that's still got yeah. a country sound oh absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely it's totally well that song is i mean that album is country yeah yeah, yeah. um Sweetie, bad news, because your number two is somebody else's number one. So we're going to skip over that. Oh. We're going to go to Skylar's number two. Here we go. It's sad. You're about to cut it off at my favorite bridge. Um, but... Oh. It's okay. You don't have to. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Mirabal off of Folklore. And this song could make me cry. For some reason, I feel like it is so personal to me. And I don't even know why. Like, the lyrics are beautiful and the sound is beautiful. But I've just always felt really connected to this song. And, you know, it has me and Cameron's favorite lyric. I've never been a natural. All I do is try. Try, and try, try. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> and I, I just, I love this song. I, the sound of it and the high, her going high in her mm-hmm. voice. It just. Another double meaning. Yeah, it's exactly. So and I, I like imagine spinning in this song. Do you want to tell them about the double meaning? I think it's important. Tracy, why don't you go ahead? Why? It's yours. Okay, fine. It, it can be about. I, I feel like I won't do it justice. No, it's okay. Well, you can help. How about we do it together? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's basically, so mirror ball, she's talking about a disco ball and mainly what she's trying to talk about is that mirror balls are shiny because they're broken. And she wrote this in the pandemic when she had found out all her shows were canceled. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And mm-hmm. she found out all her shows were canceled and she was basically, the whole song is basically like, how do I keep you interested in me while I can't really perform for you? And But she also talks about how the reason someone's so shiny is because they're, they, they're broken a million little times. And mm-hmm. people also like when people are broken because they want to put a spotlight on that. Mm-hmm. And when people are down, they sometimes want to kick them when they're down. So it's, it's a double meaning of like the, the physical mm-hmm. manifestation of a disco ball, but it's also mm-hmm. embodying her... Um, her fame and yeah. her presence too. And another thing she says in Long Pond Studios, which what she talking about is just like, people are interested when I'm broken because it's something they can relate to. It's something they can look at, something that's interesting. But how mm-hmm. am I supposed to be okay when the light's not on me anymore and I'm just broken, but I'm just still there mm-hmm. in a place where I have to, you know, go through my life being broken, doing the broken thing and then no, entertaining at people. It. And like, what do I do? with that when I can't have people screaming that they love me Mm -hmm. uh, to like help me through that. It's very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. She she doesn't write about that that much. She doesn't write about like, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's like Mm -hmm. people have always looked at her, but she's like, you guys are kind of the reason I'm keeping going. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Okay. Before we get to our number ones, I have another random question for you. Oh, Um, I actually have a question. How many overlaps have we had? Quite a few. Because I feel like I haven't heard a lot of well, only a few I haven't heard. Mine haven't. Mine have been mostly cool. Yeah. So far, mine have been so cool. Let's not ruin any overlaps. No, we won't. won't. Exile was. Exile was an overlap. Um, King of My Heart was an overlap. I know. Um, that was the one I was, I like didn't get my little, I wanted to say And the one rest thing have yet to be named. That's okay. Do you want to talk about King of My Heart real quick? One last thing about King of My Heart. <laughs> the reason I, because King of My Heart was number three. And the reason I like that song, because Cameron, mm-hmm. what? That was me. I said sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, the reason I liked that song so much, and Cameron's like, that was the pop anthem, is because she found her king of her heart. I know it sounds stupid, but like, <laughs> Her all her albums leading up were talking about all of these guys that literally she ended with, and then she's like, she says all at once, mm-hmm. I found this person that uh, you are the one I have the been one I have been waiting for. for, and so it's uh, almost like, oh my god, she did it! Like yeah, if you, I did it. Like if you, we did it. If we you, yeah, it. like the fans, the fans with her. Did it. Oh. If you followed her since she was fifteen, she's been talking a lot heavily about her relationships, and once King of My Heart happened, you're like, oh my god. 
She it's found here. the and man. Also, also, just the line, is this the end of all the endings? Yeah. Oh, My broken bones are mending. mending. Mm-hmm. Well, From and the way that that song is produced, it oh, fits that narrative, absolutely. right? It's so strong. Like so all, strong. Did all four of us have King of... No, I no. had it on my list. I, I had, had it on my list. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah go it's ahead. one of my favorites. I think I had it as number five. Yeah. Um, but it the production value is so good. Like, you can't listen to that album and not be like, this is a standout song. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Okay, continue. I just want to say so that. So the okay. question I was going to ask is, if you had to rank her talents, and I just wrote a few down, uh-huh. as a lyricist, you know, somebody who can write words down for a song, Yeah. a singer, a dancer, or I guess... Um, performer. Performer, thank yeah. you. Um, as a musician, her ability to play instruments. And then the last one I threw in there would be like business person or influencer. Mm, I don't think I that can is, rank those. That is genius. Think, yeah, lyrics, I was going to say her Easter, her, mm-hmm. that she started all of that. Yeah, the oh. Easter egg stuff, she started that. The era stuff. I and I would like I would call that marketing. Marketing, oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very yeah, interesting. Yeah, but I think lyrics, she's probably best at, but she's so good at all of those. I know. Her stage presence, her, her stage marketing. Presence, yeah. Her, yeah, she's good at like dancing and singing like she's just mm-hmm. a very talented person i would take most of that from her co-writers because jack antonoff has also stated like you write with taylor and you think you've got a bridge and then she'll be like no here's a better bridge and then she'll be like no this is the bridge like mm-hmm. you like you she's never done done mm-hmm. because she needs it to be literally perfect and only taylor knows how to do that mm-hmm. so it's like you might think of a bridge you're like wow this is so good and taylor would re she would revise that four or five times so I think her ability to songwrite is probably her number one yeah, talent. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think I could rank them because she's pretty amazing at all of them, but I just think her storytelling and lyricism is kind of out of this world and is the thing that doesn't come around very often. Like her ability to connect with her fans and her audience without like knowing everyone's stories, her ability to make all these double metaphors and to make them interesting and make them rhyme like it's just kind of something that i have i have in my generation she's the only person that i feel like does it as well as she does Mm -hmm. yeah i would say lyricist also but todd i don't know if you remember but you know again bringing this into our parenting after everybody loved mean and we started to love taylor swift when she was younger you and i saw a 60 minutes about her and about her business and about how she was the one who came up with the ideas and she was the one who was in charge. Now, yes, she still had a studio mm-hmm. or what is it called? A, um, a label. Oh. A label that she, but she was the one who controlled mm-hmm. what was going what on. Was and we were like, that's how you do it. And again, it's been interesting to watch her story because she then lost all of that and had to start over. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if it was perfect, but she knew, she's like, I want to structure my image. I want to narrate my story. And because she was such a good songwriter, she was capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to reach out to other people and say, give me a hit. Yeah. She, she could she her write her own hit. Yeah. Um, I agree with you guys that like she's good at everything. But the one that I personally have the highest regard for is it's not easy to be an iconic business person. Like you can't walk most of this planet without knowing who this person is. And you could say, oh, she just has good advertising or marketers around her. And like, no, this is, it's not easy to surround yourself with people who can help grow something. And like, I don't know if there's any bigger influencers out there from an entertainment perspective. And maybe it's just because we're all sipping the Taylor Swift Kool-Aid. But Mm -hmm. my goodness, it seems like she's as good as anybody out there. Um, So anyways. Yeah. Well, and I would say the people that she depended on was her fans. Mm. Like, I know most 
you know, singers, uh, you know, performers are like, I, I couldn't do without my fans, obviously. But there was something, what she did is she gave the fans something to appreciate. She let them into her life. And then she gave them all of this, like, mystery, like how to find, you know, look into the lyrics, how to like connect things, how to like make it about them. Like there was, she was very generous and I know that probably bit her sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah, no, you letting, share your life. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, but that's, that's what the albums are about too. Yeah. Is I did this and then I learned to not do this and this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do instead. So. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to have the oldest child go first. What? Sorry, baby. And Why then the middle birds? child. Yeah. And I'm Skylar. worried someone's going to have mine. No, don't worry about that. I'm and then excited. Sweetie's going to go fourth because she didn't get a second because it's one of somebody's mm-hmm. favorites. And then I get to I'm go Very, last. I'm very curious because I, I had don't ideas. Take, don't even okay. make guesses. Because, I'm not going to make guesses. Um, and I think I have it. I'm excited. Here. I'm making internal guesses, though. Um, I think this is JC's number one. I wouldn't have expected this that. This is my number two. Oh, red. Oh, oh red. So good. This song is my favorite song of all time. And I wouldn't have said that a little bit ago, but I came to the conclusion. I'm like, of course this is your favorite song. Um, partially because it's lyrically like insane. Like she starts the song with saying love is like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street. Mm-hmm. And that. Even the, her first line, you 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 you're like thinking about it. <laughs> She's blinking. By the way. <laughs> I'm like the pause of like you're you're just thinking about it, and you're like, oh my god, that I mean, like you 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 feel that line. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my, you're right. Like it's like you you don't want to drive that car down a dead end street. Like that like that is a car you have to like you like. It's hard to explain. It's and it's also just the, um, the chorus and. It's a song I also never get sick of. I could play it forever. Um, that's also a reason I put it at number one. Um, it's a track two. It's a title track, which I also am pr- like weirdly like proud of. Like that, I mean, it's cool. And she also learned a lot from from this this color and this album because she also transforms how she views love throughout her life. And this was her period of time where she thought love was red and you think about red and you think about like kind of intense, intense and not violence, but passionate, passion and, um, sometimes instability. And then she figured out it wasn't that, but what was the color she decided it was golden. It was golden. (laughs) And she references, she needed, she does. Mm -hmm. And she needed the red to find the gold, but, um, well, I fully agree with you. Red was my number two. I never get sick of listening to it. I think it's so beautiful and I love the color analogy and it's also, Sorry, I keep bringing up her partnerships, but this is how I remember them. It's a Jake Gyllenhaal song. Mm-hmm. And so it just gives you an idea of how she felt in mm-hmm. that relationship. And I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So. Yeah, it was. No one, that song, none of us hate him, though. I did, no, but I didn't I, say that. I know you don't, but mm-hmm. I really loved him before she even dated him. Do you see what I mean? Uh, absolutely. He yeah. Was, he was mine first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that song, uh, the bridge on that is kind of amazing. I remember watching the, uh, watching, listening to the uh, re recorded version, mm-hmm. and it was just like her vocals have just become so much better so now. So much better. And yeah. it's just such a strong song and it's really hard to sing so it's like very hard and yeah. her the bridge i'm oh. sorry well yeah one of the lines that i think is the most powerful i think it the line is to stop the spinning 
and then stop the spinning in my head, it comes back to me, burning red. And burning mm-hmm. red. It is oh. so powerful. Oh. I love that. I love that song. All yeah. Right. All right. So this is Cameron Adams, I'm ready. number one. Not, not a surprise Wait, to ready? me. Because she got me to fall in love with it. Okay, this is Getaway Car off of Reputation. I don't think this was a surprise to any of my family members. Uh, this is probably just, I, I call it a perfect song because <laughs> I love how much of a story it is. I love how many, like, uh, just the lyrics in this song are just so good. There's, like, a Bonnie and Clyde reference to, like, basically just, like, going down together. Like, the first line, nothing good starts in a getaway car. Like, if you're using... A relationship. This is Tom Hiddleston to... uh, to, Sorry, Loki. Sorry, Loki. Love love you, Tom Hiddleston, for an entire life. But um, she basically got in a relationship with Tom Hiddleston, we assume, to kind of get away from Calvin Harris. Frightful Adam. Yeah. Being able (laughs) to just, like, like, leave this relationship, clean break. She needed someone else to get to it. But at the same time, when you do that, it creates a relationship that's unsustainable, because you're like, I just needed you to get out of this, but this isn't something I could drive uh, for the rest of my life. I'm using the car reference, but it's just like nothing good starts in a getaway car. It's like, it, like just it wraps up the entire song with one lyric, and it's got like just the best bridge of all time. Of and my favorite line from it is um, here. I'll get it. Um, it just—I uh, had it written down somewhere. Uh, the last line of the bridge is, I, uh, "I'm in a getaway car. I left you in the motel bar. I put the money in the bag and I stole the keys. That was the last time you ever saw me." And I remember singing that at our concert, and it was just like it was such—it's such a strong, like, clean break from the relationship. You're like, "I can't do this anymore. I'm running away." And it's not like she's like extremely proud of it or anything, but it's just like she knows this is how she feels and she has to do it. Like, even if the consequences are extreme. She also talks about the Met Gala. Oh, yeah. Thanks about the place where you first met. And she also has this song on, like, record when she made up that bridge. Yeah. With Jack. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, it's like, it shows them, like, making up that bridge, the things that I just saw right there, like, connecting everything back. And I remember, I think you guys remember this at the rep concert when the lyric, well, he was running after us. I was screaming, Mm -hmm. go, go, go. And everyone said, go, go, go so loudly. (laughs) This song, when it gets recorded, if it does not have a short film, I'm not not sure what to do with my life. Because this is just like, it's a track nine. We love track nines. Uh, I think they're pretty special. It's just like, it should be a movie. Like, it's just perfect it's so fun to listen to and it's hard not to like feel something when you listen Mm. to the song so that's why it's very clearly my number one tell me why you really like it (laughs) um all right so skylar shane i'm ready i'm I'm actually i don't Uh, know i actually have no idea all right i think i might know actually dropped your hand while dancing left you out there standing crestfallen on the land in shame Okay. This is Champagne Problems off of Evermore. And I have a big explanation for this one. So essentially, this is about someone um, turning down a proposal because of um, their mental illness. But I usually like songs that connect to me. And this one I feel like more puts me in someone else's place. 
And it can be, I love this song because it can be the person who got turned down's place or the person who was the one to say no to the proposal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this song, I feel like it feels really cold and lonely mm-hmm. and it feels just like really, it just really sets a scene. With like a five minute song, I feel like it builds like a whole movie mm-hmm. just because of the, um, like we learn about the families like had some alcohol issues too, the mm-hmm. one, so they had like champagne problems too. Champagne problems is what people call, like, mental illness in the town. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's just really, really sad. And it's also champagne problems is, like, these are very first world problems, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this this it's, is a big deal for me, but no one would, no one else would think this is a big deal. I thought of champagne problems as more of diminishing how much she's really struggling because people mm-hmm. don't take mm-hmm. mental illness, yeah. like, seriously. Like, that okay. line, uh, uh, like... Uh, this town, ta- uh, this something was once a madhouse. I made a joke where, it, well, it's made for me now. Mm-hmm. It's just basically her making fun of herself, even though she's. Uh, I call it. I, I do a she and he thing because I think mm-hmm. this is the one struggling is uh, a woman, but uh, just basically not being able to really be honest about how much she really ca- can't like keep going in life and mm-hmm. how much she's really struggling and about how the person that's proposing to her probably doesn't accept it as much either to the point where she can't accept a proposal from him because she feels like a burden mm-hmm. which and, is yeah heartbreaking and she really cares about this person too like and then she's like i hope you find someone who will tape up the tapestries that i've shred mm-hmm. like she really um yeah it's really genius lyrically um like, and the bridge is really amazing. I know mm-hmm. the bridge by heart. I, I love it. It just has a lot of, like, you know, metaphors and references. It's really amazing. And one of the um, lyrics that I really like, because I learned this recently, one of the lyrics is, sometimes you just don't know the answer till someone's on their knees and asks you. And I didn't know about the knees part, because it was as if he was on his knees begging her. Like, it wasn't even mm. about him. It wasn't even a regular proposal. Yeah, not him about being down on one knee. Mm-hmm. He's down on two knees, because he really is just shocked and is begging. Mm-hmm. I well, first of all, all those things you guys said to describe champagne problems, it's all of the above. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a first world kind of problem where people are like, oh, that's just not really an issue. And then it's unseen mm-hmm. issues that nobody can relate to. And then what you said about the family, I that's exactly what I was gonna say about that song is you can see the whole scene. Yeah. yeah. That that song, even the way it sounds, it lays out the whole scene. And like and I agree with you, it feels lonely. Mm-hmm. It feels so, like a lonely song. So empty because like the, a hollow piano. I yes. feel like that's it. It's just the piano. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not much else. Like it's just her solo singing, setting mm-hmm. a scene, uh, telling us how she feels. Skyler, one thing I will say to you is folklore. Uh-huh. Okay. This song is off of Evermore. Okay. Sorry. 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 And I know that's, but they're sister albums. So yes. Yes. They, they really fit. She said folklore. Yeah. She, I like it. I mean, it's just, it's good. You've got mm-hmm. that. That is what that's, you love. That is me. That yeah, is like you. when you find an album that's like that's your type of music, it's just so fun. Yeah, like folklore's first, um, reputation second, but like evermore, it, it's so in good. the same boat as folklore for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. the same. The sisters. All right, we're gonna go over to Sweetie Pies. I'm, uh, I think I'm I know what it is. You do just because it my, one of mine was skipped, Let's and see. I <gasps> don't think it's his. So. I know what it is. I don't. You're All right. So Okay, this song, 
It's back to December. It's off of Speak Now. It's my only Speak Now pick, I believe. Or maybe ours that was off tea. Speak Now. I, yeah, I should This know. song is so, like, this was the first time. I always loved Taylor Swift. My girls love Taylor Swift. Great, great, great. She performed this on a piano at a some event. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. And I, like, listened to the lyrics. I'm, like, getting goosebumps right now, but it's incredibly well written. I know she's done a ton since this mm-hmm. time, but she it's so beautiful and it's her only song that I'm aware of. You guys maybe could tell me different where she's apologizing to somebody mm-hmm. for the way she treated them. Yeah. She has multiple. I think in Lover she has a few cuz she but they weren't like this. They yeah. were different. This, this is a special this one. This was a special one and you know for those of you who care it's about Taylor Lautner who was in Twilight and you know the two Taylors they dated and then they she whatever happened she kind of just stopped hanging with him and it was her apology but the it's so it's a fun song to sing but just like my girls were saying about her bridges the bridge to this song is so perfect and it changes over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like the you're you're singing along and then you have to go to another layer and then you have to go to another layer. And I love I never get sick of this song. And my last thing I'll say is that um oh and, and just like sorry, I just have to do one lyric about the bridge. So, you know, she does I miss your tan skin, your sweet smile, all that. And then that's a whole thing. And then she said but if we loved again, I swear I'd love you right. I'd go back in time and change it, but I can't. So if the chain is on your door, I understand. Mm. That's such a good mm-hmm. visual. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, my God. And that's after, that's the second half of the bridge where you're like, oh, my God, that's such you're good like, oh my writing. God. Oh, my gosh. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Oh. And then the other thing is, uh, do you guys remember the live version of this where then she went in to apologize? Yeah. yeah. So she sang this and then it went in to... It's too late to apologize. apologize. Yeah, that's a good match. So it's basically her apology, but she knew he wasn't going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like an acceptance of he was gone. Yeah. But this has always been my no, favorite. No, I love that songs. line that he just played. Like, oh, what well, I, I had it in my head. I was singing it in my head. It was, um, this is me swallowing my, my pride, pride standing, standing in front of you, you saying I'm sorry for that night. Come that's a mouthful. On. Yeah, yeah. it's like a lot to write. And that's one line. Yeah. Like the whole beginning is beautiful too. I like know. the whole and then the way it starts. I mean, Faith. Faith. It's a it's a good one. Nice job, sweetie. Go ahead, Bertie. I'm ready for yours. I know I know what yours is now that I'm So mine is uh, more because of a specific version. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the song. Of course, this is Um, an iconic. I don't know who presented this version, but it's her um, at some Grammy award deal museum, and it's just her wearing all black in front of this beautiful piano. Um, The name of the song is "Out of the Woods," but once again, I needed somebody to explain to me the symbolism of the song. Mm. So, will one of you three do your best to do that? It's basically okay. If you ever listen to Out of the Woods, uh, she says words, "Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods?" Like she says it over and over and over during the song, with the exception of the bridge. But it's basically the repeating of the lyrics is a as a form of her explaining that she's very anxious about it. Like she keeps asking, like she keeps asking because the whole relationship to her was all about like, "Are we okay? Can we break through this? Are we out of the place where everything is so delicate?" and uh, are we like going to get to a place where this is just a strong relationship? Because it's so, even though she, of course, appreciated the relationship and I'm sure it was very meaningful to her, it always felt like something was going to go wrong, like something was happening. Like she wanted it to be um, 
like stronger than it was. She wanted it to be a little more uh, less stressful. This is about H Man too. H Man, our main Styles man. All right. So Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Whatever. <sighs> She's in a hospital room When you started crying, baby, I did too When the sun came up, I was looking at you Remember when we couldn't take the heat I walked out, I said I'm setting you free But the monsters turned out to be just trees When the sun came up, you were looking at me You were looking at me yeah. I get goosebumps every I walked out. I said, I'm setting you free. Oh, setting oh you free. God. I just love that line. It's so See, much. See, I'm so glad you played that part because the bridge is the most important part oh, of that song. Of course, yeah. Because, first of all, it starts with, you were looking at me, and then it says, I was looking at you. So that's how they oh. both end. So they're obviously looking at each other. Mm-hmm. It's like an opposite thing. But they're also, she also says, I said, I'm setting you free, but the monsters turned out to be just trees. Like, we did this to ourselves yeah like we were okay the whole time and we we i mean there was obvious obvious mm-hmm. obstacles but we made this so much harder than it actually was yeah and i'd also like so. to say that in the song you know how i said like are we out of the woods yet are we out of the woods yet like the anxiety of that and the only part that's clear and the only part that she's super strong in mm. is when she decides that it's got to be over mm-hmm. like it's like i'm setting you free this is it like we're like we're done because that's her moment of clarity and being like, I can't just keep being anxious about Mm -hmm. this. Like there comes a point where like, even though it's just us at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. like we let every other part of our relationship, that's not the important parts dictate what we should be, what we could be. It's, there comes a point where you can't fix it anymore. There comes a point where you just got to set them free. And isn't this, <clears throat> like one of these songs, you know, we were talking about um, she re-records her albums and when she redoes this album, mm-hmm. or maybe I guess it would be more style, but that mm. people are saying that Harry Styles might come make an appearance. <laughs> oh, Harry, they want him it, to it feature. Would, it would style. be in style because yeah. she says, you said this, and they're like, oh, when she says that specific line, he would <laughs> he say would it to say her. He's not going to do that. Oh gonna, my God, are you kidding okay. me? That's so That's, possible. I, it would be amazing, but I don't. I think that breaks the fourth wall that she doesn't want to break. If she does it, it's going to be a little more hidden. Yeah, people will be like, "Wait a minute, who's that male who's voice?" That yeah, male voice. But like, because she has said before, she likes to like not put a name to songs so people can relate to it more. Yeah, but she said that specifically about style, not it's the woods. Also titled style. I think <laughs> if he's going to feature, which I know they're cool now, so I would think yeah, they're he friends. Would, let's feature on like a vault track or something. That's like too True. obvious. Too literal. Yeah, it's too, too literal. literal. But also like, like be in it though. I know. I if Harry or, Styles featured on Styles, I would freaking fall to the ground like i'd be that would be amazing i just don't think it's gonna happen there could be a version of style that she puts mm. out like it Ooh. may not have to be the <gasps> like original duet. one yeah like it ha- can be a different one in the like from the vault or it could just be like it's a deluxe edition to all to all 10 minute version it's mm-hmm. like oh it's like style with harry style style with style uh-huh. so i know you all are just much more tuned in to the music than I am like I don't get as emotional as you all do I know you get happy sad angry afraid through all this music but that's what this song does for me like Mm -hmm. it really hits me in like my chest in a way that so much other music doesn't do that so when you guys are like dad how come you can't like relate to this most of the time I can't but like this is one of those songs that just penetrates probably because it's so 
simple and like the whole idea of like yeah. i just because i love harry now because you and i went to go see him in yeah, vegas yeah. and he's such a wonderful advocate for the lgbtq community but i can see like there's no way these two people will be able to make it work yeah, like no. it's just it's, it's too, like much. too much they're too, too much they're a little too iconic yeah they're too bit. big both of them they're and it's just, just like, uh and like this is just a um testament to what was for a short time and who knows what what it was like yeah. but i'm guessing it was it was a hard one for her yeah. it was a hard one this like she she tough. tried to make it work for a really long time and yeah. i think they were good for a little bit and then yeah like 1989 is de- kind of devoted to him a little bit like you could put every song and be like this is about harry this is about harry this is about it harry. is it's like the flying the paper airplanes right. it is about I, him. i just that song is just it's so i i love the feeling i love songs that kind of like radiate anxiety because I think it's so unique. Sorry, did I interrupt you? No, you didn't. Okay, okay. Um, uh, No, I just love songs that radiate that type of anxiety, but I love the feeling of, I think what we just said of like, it's just too much. Like all of it, it's just, it's like, it's like like something too big in like a small space. It's just, it's got a certain vibe to it. Well, in that Mm -hmm. song is kind of anxiety provoking. The, oh, you know the beginning uh, of it yeah. and then it's like she says the line over and over again like yeah. you said Cameron there is a feeling of constant anxiety and yeah. pressure on the mm-hmm. song it's an amazing song and that version is stripped down Todd the one you play yeah. but when the produced one oh, has so an intensity cool. to it Jack Antonoff it's got Jack yeah I was about yeah. to say oh, and yeah, the one in concert yeah. is so so amazing <laughs> like it's it's those are my types of songs but i like the acoustic version so well. will you guys just rattle off the honorable mentions yeah i don't think quickly. i have any but who sweetie, wants to go first, you go first. i'm I do you one. guys have honorable mentions i do have i do i have two um my honorable mention is the song that i have on most of my playlists that i didn't put in my top 10 but i love to listen to and that's are you ready for it ready for it mom are you ready for it? She says, oh, I know it's ready for it, uh-huh. but it's... It, are that's, you ready, though? But are she you? says... Are Not you the ready? opening of Reputation. Yeah. I'm actually going to change my album. And I like that one. song because she opened the concert with it because mm-hmm. I think it's the most fun song on that album as far as, like, like a banger song. <laughs> and also because she, she clears her throat at the beginning. <clears throat> Listen, everybody, clear her throat. Great song. She's my like, I, I'm speaking now. <laughs> Excuse. I'm ready for my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. I hope you say one. I have two honorable mentions. Ooh. One, they both were on my list previously, and then they got knocked off, unfortunately. One of them is Long Live. Mm. Um, it was Speak Now, um, and that's just because it's like a ode to the fandom. Yeah, I that's our it. anthem. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, my other one was Lover. I love that song. Song's really emotional oh, too. It makes no. me cry. It makes me think of. Uh, I know. I could. Leaving. I could cry at the like bridge and stuff. Oh. Like, please tell my name. Like that. Could, the graduate. So yeah. What's your other one, Sky? Uh, Lover. And I love that song. I love the strings. Oh, so and she's good. her voice is so sweet and. Yeah. It's one of her most proud. I know, yeah. and Songs. I Makes love that she loves it. I yeah. love that she loves that song. Such a good one. All right, who's next? I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these 
two are both kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. They're on the same album. But I, my first thought was I Wish You Would because mm-hmm. that was like my favorite song when 1999 first came out because it's just one of those perfect melodies that you just like want to dance to. You got to move when you hear it. And it's just like, it's an anxiety song as well, which I like. Work with good love in a straight line down. If you want to run and hide, then it makes you turn right that's a that's a good one because uh, that that was just my favorite when it first came out and then recently because this song she has re-released it it's just such a good love song it's called this love mm-hmm. and it was uh in the summer i turned pretty if you guys are interested in that show but it's just kind of very very poetic it was a poem first it's it's beautiful it feels like clean to me Wildest Dreams. Yeah, that was a good reference. Yeah. Hello. That okay, song so those so are my good. two honorable it's, mentions. It feels like an uh, Cameron ocean, had two. Like... I, should I do two or one? Mom, do you want, well, do you want to have an extra? I'm jealous because I had a number two. Oh, why I don't thought... you share it? Go why ahead. don't you share okay, it? Okay, it'll Say take it. two seconds, Todd. You need to calm down. Oh, oh I love that course. one. I know. I love that you, you chose that. You need to calm that. down is on Lover. Oh, and it's like, so the, my two honorable mentions are the two songs that I have on my most playlist. And You Need to Calm Down is awesome. So, I mean, where do I even, I, I, the, I'm just going to say two things so we can move on. Number one is I think this is her coming into her own and saying, this is who I'm going to vote for. This is what I believe in. This mm-hmm. is who I am. And you guys need to calm <laughs> down. Yeah. Like she's guys, like, okay. yeah, like you guys need to do your own thing and vote. And this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like it was her, like when I say coming out, I don't mean that in a sexuality way, but she does reference the LGBTQ community so often mm. in this song that that is definitely, I think the, yeah, it's an anthem. Um, and I just love it. And I loved the video and she and Car- Katy Perry made up in this video. Yeah. And so that's it's true. just. Uh, in the you need to calm down video. You need Literally, to calm down. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Um, okay. Ooh, so mine. Okay. Cause I think from your pick, I'm going to change. Oh, cause I have three now, but I don't even know if I. I'm not going to do that. It's, it's too much. Yeah. Um, the one I've stuck to is Wildest Dreams, obviously, mm-hmm. because yeah. that was my favorite from 1989 for a very long time. For Actually, like I, I don't think that ever stopped being my favorite song. Yeah. It's a track nine. It's good. The reason I picked this one, partially because it's also an inner child pick, because that song I've always connected to, partially because of um, the, like, I mean, it was the music video, and then she re- she released that one early, yeah, um, which was a big deal. Anyway, that was, it's a really good one. And my second one, I think it's You Are In Love, because... Oh, I was going to say that, too. Oh. I love that song. You Are In Love is, like... The reason I here I'll let him play it, but I have a reason why I picked that song. Yeah. Hmm. Small talk, heat drives, coffee at midnight, the light reflects the chain on your neck. He says, Look up and you shoulders brush, no proof, one touch you felt. So 
this is a really good song because this is an ode to Jack Antonoff, mm-hmm. um, one of her co-writers. And the reason I love this song so much is because of one line. And she says, this is why I've tried to put this is no this the, is I, uh, this is where why I've, what I've tried to put n- my uh, whole life what? into words oh, yes God, you know what I'm trying to say no uh, oh, I got it right here you gotcha and this is why I've tried to put my whole life and why I've spent my whole life trying, trying to, to put, put it, it into, into words. words yeah that's it so basically that line why this is why I've tried to spend my life p- trying to put it into words so it's mm-hmm. a hard line to sing I don't right? think we experienced like that that like that one line it makes the whole song worth it because she's saying an ode to she was looking she kind of based it off of Jack Antonoff and his girlfriend I don't know what her name was I don't know you know Lena Dunham Lena, Lena Dunham. Dunham and she was just About admiring and observing yeah. and she's like this is what this is what it is and like this isn't my experience I'm just watching it and this is literally my work this is why I do it um and it's a really, really, really pretty one. Yeah, you're so right. Even one of them, it goes, she pauses and says, you're, you're my best friend. Yes. Mm. And uh. you knew what it was. You were in love. Well, uh. <laughs> and Jack Antonoff, for those, you know, people in our generation, Todd, my generation, he was in the band Fun, which I don't think Fun exists anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. Some Nights and, you know, all those songs. Um, and so he's like a big time producer. And he was dating Lena Dunham at the time when he and Taylor started working together. That relationship is no longer. Mm. Um, but he has won Grammy upon Grammy with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. they continue to work together. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Jack Antonoff's one of my favorite producers he's a, ever. He's yeah. very good at what he does. So as we kind of close out, um, I have, I guess, uh, if we happen to miss any songs that somebody's like, how come you didn't say blah, blah, blah? Just send, send me an email. And <laughs> I'll, I'll talk for- about them in I'll length. I'll forward it yeah. on to my daughters and my wife, ToddInsOnParentingRadio.com. Um, I guess just to close, I want to know, you guys can answer either of these two questions. One is, let's just say some miracle happened and you got five minutes with Taylor Swift. Oh, and oh God. Would you ask her questions? Would you just fawn all over her? What would you do? Or... Um, how long would it take for you to chill out around her? Would it take you five minutes? Would it take you two days? Would okay. it take you two weeks? Oh, answer never. either one of those questions or whatever you want to. Okay, close with. so sorry, I keep I kept interjecting, but um, I think for Taylor, I think just because I also, I know I'm getting very literal about this, and I'm fully aware. But uh, I feel like a celebrity's lives are uh, kind of put under a microscope a lot. So I don't think I would want to go too deep into like, what were you, what relationship was this about? Or like, what what did you mean by this? I would more, I would just be appreciative. I'd be like, your music helped me through this and this and this. And I loved, I love this song so much because your storytelling is so amazing. And I don't know uh what I'd be listening to if I wasn't listening to you. I would, I think I would just, it would be a lot of gratitude and I would make her feel that. And I don't think I could ever chill around Taylor Swift. Like even when we were like 10 feet away from her, I, it took me a few seconds to be like, Oh my God, she's like 10 feet in front of me because, uh, when she performed at rep. So I, I don't think I could ever be chill around Taylor Swift. Okay. I'll go next. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would just ask her if she actually likes all of it like the writing performing which sounds so stupid but for some reason i have like this nervousness that maybe she just keeps doing it just because but i don't know Mm -hmm. 
And I'd also, I don't think I'd be able to chill. And I'd also say that she like literally, my life would be different if she didn't have her music out. Like I have a, it's, she's changed my life. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. No, I agree. That's, I, that's what I was going to say. I was like going to say like, do like, what was your favorite to write? Like what was the most, yeah. mm-hmm. um, like relieving thing you've ever written or like what, like what did you like, yeah, I'm, like, going to put this out there, and, like, this is, this is, I like, I want people to like this, mm-hmm. or was, what was a single you thought would be bigger, and it wasn't, you know, like, something like that, um, and also, like, what is it like when you, like, wake up in the middle of the night, and, like, decide to, like, write one of the best songs ever, like, mm-hmm. when she's, she's, like, I just dreamed about it, like, mm, that's a lot, how does that work, mm-hmm. I don't know, just maybe m- more insightful, like, how do you feel, as opposed to, what were you trying to say, um Mm -hmm. and then no you couldn't be calm oh god no no don't know how i would yeah and it's hard to meet your heroes because they you know you want to you want them to be what they are to you which is you don't necessarily want to be best friends with them you just are so appreciative of what they do and i would just tell her thank you because it's the soundtrack of our parenting journey don't you think todd yeah i would just say if i got five minutes with her i would say thank you for modeling you know because she's has this ability to stand in this sense of empowerment and determination, um, e- even though people are trying to like knock her off, like mm-hmm. just just like this warrior energy, mm-hmm. and then she balances it out so beautifully with like deep vulnerability, mm-hmm. and um, you know she models that for me, and I think I'm guessing she models that for you, sweetie, and then my three daughters. I will be forever grateful to her for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's pretty great. And one more thing, you asked before, Todd, about what should people do, uh, what what could they do if they wanted to get to know her better. She has a documentary on Netflix. <gasps> Miss America. Go watch Miss Americana yeah. RN. Like, start there. Um, it's basically the album she's focusing on is Lover, so that's mostly what it is. Am I right there? It's uh, yeah, but it tells her whole journey. It, yeah, and so it's just an opening where you can be like, here's who this person is, here's some of her struggles, here's a real vulnerable time for her. And um, and it's not, I think most people listening to this do know some of her songs, and they will be surprised that we didn't choose some of them. But I think that all of us sitting here, we struggled with oh, yeah. coming up oh, with just God. 10. Oh, yeah. Because you look at every album and every song has meaning to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so all of us talked about how we had to just kind of narrow it down by, but which one would I play all the time? So, of course, we missed a bunch. And I bet you'd be surprised that me wasn't that popular. People didn't like me. I liked me. I liked Speak For Yourself. I People liked don't me. like it when she does, like, fun songs. They're like, this yeah. is bad. Well, they're it was called uh, a, well, they're like also, a It's also a single. Like, it's, like, it was one of her more popular ones so a lot of people kind of especially her fans or like like fans that genuinely love her albums and music kind of not write those ones off but they're like yeah of course like it's a good one but you gotta why did they not dig like a little deeper when she said spelling is fun i don't know hey kids spelling, spelling is, is fun. fun well but you know in concert that would be everything yeah know, but she like literally took it out of the it. single yeah. I just think people were like, felt it was a little childish, but I just think it was just such a happy song. It was just about just be yourself. Like it wasn't, it it doesn't have to have 80 layers in order to be a good song, but I just think people were expecting it when it comes from her. But I think it was just a good like change. Yeah. Well, that's two hours and two minutes of Taylor Swift. That was 420. It's dinner time. So uh, (laughs) thanks everybody. for listening and we'll catch you again at the next episode of Pop Culture on the flippity flip 
Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.